Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Saturday from the Roar for the 24 here at Daytona International Speedway. The sun is here. It's hiding behind a few clouds, and we are expecting some serious rain to come into play later on in the day. But thankfully, it looks like it's only going to be during the Prototype Challenge race. So that shouldn't affect our WeatherTech or Michelin Pilot Challenge runners out for their sessions today. We have qualifying. I am going to try and get you poll winner interviews. That'll be in tomorrow's show, though. That will be for LMP2 and GTD. But before we get there, we still have more people that we got to chat with yesterday in the Media Day Scrum. And actually, that was two days ago now that I think about it. Yesterday on track, we had good lap times. Mazda led the way in both sessions. They weren't great lap times, though. We should be seeing better times today, specifically with qualifying coming up, but also with the fact that this cloud cover is going to cool things off, meaning that tomorrow morning will be nice and cold, and the lap times should be very, very fast. So, let's get straight into it and chat with some more drivers from around the paddock. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. 2019 Sprint Champion, Zach Robichon. Your full season, first time in IMSA, went pretty well. 2020, new co-driver, car has a new livery. How's it been going so far with FAF? I mean, you know, I think last year the the whole season sort of speaks for itself. We had some difficulties at the beginning, and then as the whole team, everybody kind of gelled together and, and then obviously at the end of the year we were quite strong so going into the new season we've made some a few little changes and I think if we can just take what we learned at the end of the year and keep that rolling I think we can do really well. What's the weirdest thing setup wise that you like on a car that most of your other co-drivers don't? The the weirdest thing I like I, I think a lot of people hate um you know, car that has a lot of understeer, but I can I don't I don't really mind it that much. Um, I seem to be able to deal with it more than most people. But maybe it's just because I get scared. What it's maybe I'm too much of a wimp with oversteer, and I got to deal with it more. <laughs> that might be from the snow driving background. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you'd think it'd be the opposite because I I actually quite like going sideways on the snow, um, and I, and I'm happy to do it uh, on my drive all the time. But in the race car, I think, I don't know what it is, but I have this, this block in my mind that I'm not supposed to be going sideways. So maybe I do it so much that when I'm in the race car, I absolutely don't want to do it at all. <laughs> you won a couple of races last year, one with the guy sitting next to you who's going to be your full-season co-driver this year. But what was your best race of 2019? I think as a team, you know, I, th- I think obviously the race we did at Lime Rock with, with, with Dennis and, and actually Road America was probably our best executed. Um, for me personally... I think the the best race I had was actually probably Road Atlanta. We you know we 
we weren't the fastest car, but I think as a whole we executed better than we had all year because we didn't have the, the the outright speed. But you know, we finished third, and really, if you look at our our fastest lap and our speed, we we shouldn't have been anywhere near there. So for me, I think Road Atlanta was actually the best. What's the race you want back? Because you want to do it again. I mean, Daytona last year, I could probably take that one back. <laughs> What's the best pass you've ever made in a car? The best pass I ever made was a long, actually a while ago in a Montreal F1 race in a Formula 1600 car. Um, I didn't know it was the last lap till halfway down the back straight, and I was second. And then they told me on the radio it was the last lap, and I had pretty much decided I was going to win that race, and I wasn't leading, and then they told me it was the last lap. So I was nowhere near pa- close enough to try and outbreak the guy. Um, and, I, and I went, and we ended up kind of crashing into each other, but he ended up hitting the back of me. So that's how far ahead I got ahead of him, but I had to basically stop the car to make the corner. So that was, um, that was probably the best pass I ever did, and it was, you know, it was probably sheer luck, to be honest. <laughs> What's one car that you've always wanted to race but you never have? The RSR. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be a cool car to drive. Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. What's your favorite part of a track weekend? The race. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love racing. They, you know, there's, there's so much to be said about learning a car, working on setup, that there's, there's no, no substitute for that feeling you get in the race. And, you know, I'm, you know as the silver driver, I always have to qualify, which is funny because I, I always hated qualifying. I just I'm like just let us go racing for me that's that's the best part <laughs> even getting a couple of poles you still hate qualifying yeah I just so stressful for that one lap I don't have too much stress on me I don't like that <laughs> after doing all the races last year you know all the tracks now what's the one you're most excited to go back to I think the the track I'm most excited to go back to is actually Sebring um, Sebring's a fun track I never liked it that much when I raced it in cup and LMP3 but in the in the GT3R last year, I really enjoyed it, and I think uh, you know that that 12-hour race for me is is such a cool event, and that's the one that I want to kind of get back to. And again, we we led so much of that race before running into problems. I think that's one that I feel almost more of a chip on my shoulder than anything. So yeah. You said last year that that was the race you were most excited for, so I'm glad to hear that it lived up to its expectations for sure. Did I actually say that last year? Well, I'm pretty impressed with my consistency. (laughs) Me too. That's good for a race car driver. Um, In terms of a company that would be your dream sponsor because you use their product all the time, what would you pick? And Tim Hortons is an acceptable answer. (laughs) Yeah, I actually don't really drink Tim Hortons coffee. I shouldn't say that. Um, I mean, well, who, what's this going to air on? IMSA Radio. IMSA Radio. Yeah. Say well, I was going to say, yeah. So, I mean, in Canada, we have this beer company called Moosehead. Yeah. And there's nothing more Canadian than a Moosehead beer. And, and I mean, they're the only in, still independently owned beer company in Canada that's not owned by, like, a big conglomerate. That's amazing. Yeah. And they're, and they're from the east coast of Canada, where my, my family's from. So, I would, yeah, I would totally love to be sponsored by Moosehead. They were actually involved in the 90s in uh, in racing here. But, uh, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Where is home for you and why? Um, Montreal. A hmm. couple reasons. Um, it's close to my family home. It's close to my cottage. My girlfriend's there, and they've got a good airport. So it's got a little bit of everything. That's pretty hard to argue with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After a full season, you've experienced battling against all these people. Who is your favorite person last year? 
Favorite person to race against? Yep. Uh, Trent. Trent Hinman. I had lots of fun racing with Trent. You know, he was so consistent, quick all the time. And uh, for me, it was a good yardstick because we were often racing against each other. So I knew we could, anytime we were close to each other, full confidence, and it was, it was really cool. Last question. If you couldn't work in racing, what would you be doing and why? If I couldn't work in racing. I mean, I always say maybe I'd be a good airline pilot, but then they tell me airline pilots can't take any risks, so I probably wouldn't be so good at that. <laughs> um I don't know. Any job at all? Like anything at all? Yeah. I don't know. Dennis, what would you be? Um, I don't know. Oh. Investor. <laughs> yeah, I could be. I could. Be. I have a master's in economics. So I should probably say something that has to do with that. So let's say a, yeah, an investment banker, but I feel like I wouldn't be like stern enough in, in what's it called negotiations. But yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Good luck this year, Zach. Cool. Thank you. As requested by the lovely Sarah Rigby, Catherine Legg, we did find you, did take a couple of cookies, but you're driving again with Christina Nielsen. What is the biggest setup difference that you two like on the car? Hmm, good question. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for the cookies. <laughs> Always. Um, that's a good question. So actually towards the end of last year, uh, when Christina and I got to know each other better and our driving styles and everything, we have very similar feedback on the Acura. So um, I think we had very similar feedback after our brief driving stint here in the in the Lambo too. Uh, we both love it. It's um, it's a great car. I had a smile on my face the whole way around. Um, and I think I think she likes it to be a little bit more secure than I do in the rear. Like I, I prefer it when it turns a little bit more around the middle. Um, God, it just sounded so American then, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Holy moly. You've been here too long, clearly. <laughs> I know. Turning around the middle. <laughs> what, forward bite and all that? No. <laughs> um, but for the for the most part, we like the same car, which makes it easier. And actually, we sat in the same seat last year, so all of those things, driver changes and what have you, make it better. So it's a good driver pairing, I would say. I would agree with that. <laughs> what was your best race of 2019? Oh, crikey. <laughs> now you sound Australian. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, best race. Do you know, I can tell you the bad ones. I, we didn't really have that many great races last year, unfortunately. It's one of those years where if it could happen, it did happen. I can tell you Christina drove brilliantly in mid-Ohio at the start of that race where she overtook literally everybody else out there. And we, were, we didn't know what she was capable of when we saw that happening. And we're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Like, yeah, that was her outstanding moment of the year, 110%. Uh, we were fast at Detroit because that car is always fast at Detroit. Um, but really, Watkins was good. Uh, this, it, there wasn't any highlights. It was more of like an up and down kind of wave. Yeah. So if you could take one race to do again to just have another shot at, which one would it be from last year? Hmm. Hmm. Probably we had a better BOP at the beginning of the year, so I would probably say Daytona or Sebring. What's the best pass you've ever made in your career? Oh gosh, there's been a few good ones, yeah. not that many. <laughs> I'm thinking the pass you made on Sellers at the start of Belle Isle, the oh, year that yeah. you went on to win that for the first time, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. I actually think I was just talking to the to the ladies about this. Um, I think 
down the inside of pit lane um, at Daytona the first year I did it with Ankia and I outbreaked like three cars That's cool. <laughs> into pit lane that was pretty cool I felt like a hero for at least uh, five minutes <laughs> what's one race car that you've wanted to drive but you never have it can be anything old new anything huh I really want to drive a VA supercar at Bathurst. That's what I want to do. <laughs> Come do the 12-hour first, then you can go in. Those cars are so awesome. When you get the race scheduled for the weekend, what's the part of it that makes you happiest? Um, lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lunch <Marianne>. every day? <laughs> no. Um, I think just getting started. You know, there's so much build-up, especially at the Raw. We do all the media stuff and the pictures and it's just I just want to drive the race car like the rest of it is great and fun but for me it's all about let me get in the race car and even when my teammates are in the race car I'm trying to do the right thing and give them the maximum amount of time and help them coach them through it but really all I'm thinking is I want to be in the race car get out of my race car (laughs) you've lived in Atlanta for quite some time now why do you live there why is that home um so I moved to Atlanta for a few different reasons um I was in the midwest and the weather sucked quite frankly um and I was driving at that time for Dr. Panos rest his soul he was one of the coolest people I ever got the pleasure of knowing and working with and um I had a good friend of mine Lucy who was coming over from the UK to work with him and she was moving to Atlanta and I didn't have any ties back to Indy at that time apart from my friends and I wanted the sunshine. I had friends in Atlanta, you know, Andy Spence, Ryan, everybody down there. And so I thought, I'll try it. I mean, I've got no ties. I didn't really have any furniture to speak of. You know, everything went in a U-Haul. And uh, I drove down, and um, I have not looked back. I, I miss Marianne, who's my best friend back there, and, uh, and a few other people. But for the most part, I love Atlanta. I love the weather. I love the city. I love the fact that I can fly anywhere now. The, the handiest thing, I can fly anywhere in the world, direct. Um, I can be at the airport within half an hour. And, you know, it's, it's as a base for the rest of the world, it's fantastic. So I wouldn't, wouldn't change it. Had to do a slight edit last year when I asked you this question. So updated, who's your favorite person to battle on track? <laughs> updated. Um, or has it changed? Because I think you ultimately said sellers last year. And then he, he did say you. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay, good. He gets brownie points for that. You can give him a cookie. I did. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the year before last, Sellers and and, uh, and I had some really good battles. And Madison, too, to be fair. Like, that car and our car were neck and neck until the till the bitter end. Um, this past year, I had some good battles with some people. Like, um, for the most part, most people treated me fair. I felt a bit rotten at the last race um, with Vlander because he had always been super fair with me and we'd had some really good fights. And then, you know, they basically my job hinged on whether I could keep that car behind, which meant that the Acura would win the championship um, as a manufacturer or second in the championship, I think it was second. Um, and so I had to do what I had to do, and I felt I honestly felt bad for that. Um, so I hope he doesn't hate me. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of people who are, are really good to race with, like, and there are a lot of people who are just... I can't say what I want to say on the... <laughs> we know what you mean. 
just not right in the head. Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't like racing with uh, with a couple of them, but for the most part, they're all pretty good. If you couldn't work in racing or anything to do with cars, what would you be doing as a career? Hmm. That thought scares the living daylights out of me because I really don't know. Um, my whole life has been racing since I was nine years old. Um, I think my dad builds houses. I am very interested in property and, and uh, construction. So maybe maybe it would probably be doing something like that just because that's the only other thing I know. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Same. <laughs> And then an economist, and I have no idea what? why the economist became because I would be a rubbish economist. <laughs> That's a new one. Uh, last question, and you'll appreciate this. We had great throwback liveries last year with some iconic brands. If you could pick any brand to go on your race car, just simply so you would get lots of free stuff from them, because you already use it, what would it be? Oh, already use it free stuff. That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe it would be like a Tumi or a, or a clothing manufacturer or something for free stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Free or stuff. alcohol. Oh, see, my, my, your mind went there initially, didn't it? You were like thinking, oh, alcohol. Yes. No, kids at home, racing drivers don't drink. But if we could have like a winery, that would be cool. <laughs> Kat, thanks and good luck. Thank you. 2019 was a pretty good year for Felipe Nasser. You worked with people for a full season. Now the two of you back again. What's the biggest setup compromise that you have to do on the car to make both of you guys happy? I think the seat is the only problem, but um, (laughs) because he's a little shorter. But people has been a fantastic teammate. I couldn't ask for a better one, and uh, I think we got along pretty well. You know, we had an amazing season together. Got two wins, Sebring and. Petit and uh, coming back with one year of that experience together. I think we got a pretty strong lineup coming up at Daytona, having Mike Conway in the car and Albuquerque. Um, and I have to say, very little compromises. If with anything, we we drive a similar car, and uh, as I said, I can rely on him, and I, I'm pretty excited for 2020. What was your best race of 2019? Uh, I would point out Sebring. Because it was uh, very intense and it came down to the very last four laps of the race. But we got, you know, the 10 car right behind us and it was the perfect race, you know, starting from from, all, from from the very early laps when people drove the car and me ending up the race. I would say it was just perfect, you know, the, the procedure from the team, the drivers and the pace that we could show up. And... Uh, Winning Sebring, I think, is, is pretty special. Now, the only one missing, I would say, is Daytona. That is, we've been knocking on the door pretty close. And uh, maybe it will be the, the best one in 2020. What's the race you want back from last year? Because you think you could have won it. Um, I could go back to Long Beach and say that was our race. As we had a pretty good lead and uh, the car was flying out there. And I, I just love that place. People love it as well. And... Unfortunately, we had a, you know, a, a pit stop that one of the wheels came loose. And that hurt us, for sure. That was something that uh, we could have probably you know, brought us back to the championship even closer. But hey, you know, uh, mistakes happen. 
it could be to us, could be to any other team, but I'm glad we overcome it and we learn it from it. What's the best pass you've ever made? Oh, quite a quite a few <laughs> passes. That's a that's a good question. I've um, I would say Daytona here last year in the rain. I've done a pretty good pass. I think on the 10 car uh, coming out from the infield to the to the banking uh, on the outside, and it was you know everything was flooded, and you just didn't know if the car was going to point to the direction you wanted. <laughs> And, but I made the pass take, and uh, that was a pretty awesome one. You've driven so many cool race cars in your career, but what's one that you've never driven that you really, really want to? Well, I think I never made that question to myself, but uh, I don't know. If I, had, if I had the chance to go back to any of the old Formula 1 cars, like the one that Ayrton Senna drove or... Um, I know there's so many good names, you know, Michael Schumacher, you know, back in the 90s, I would say. Those were pretty cool cars, I have to say. So yeah. something, you know, maybe one day. Good choices. Yeah. What's your favorite part of any race weekend? Because there's so many good parts on the schedule, qualifying, the race start. But what, what's the part that you get most excited about? I love the race day. It's what gets me excited. That's, you know, it, it reminds me every time what I'm made of. And... Uh, as a racing driver, that's where you put all your techniques and um, you can see the fans as well excited coming up to the race. And uh, I just love it, you know. It, it really gets me into the flow of, of what's racing about. And, yeah, race day is the one. What's the story behind your helmet paint? Because you've got a very cool livery on there. Yeah, I keep it quite simple, you know. Since I had my first helmet from go-karts, uh, I got I got the design a little bit when my uncle uh, Amir Nasser was racing, so the brother, my dad's brother. Uh, but he had yellow and green colors, and I wanted something different. So I went for a kind of orange, uh, red, reddish, you know, kind of color with with, with the white, with that um, how do you say like a, an arrow pointing yeah. straight. And uh, I don't know, I just. I just kept it simple because drivers nowadays they, they have the helmets you know fully colors and I just wanted something that was easy to see easy to notice and uh, it goes well with the wheel and car somehow like it's meant to be yes who's your favorite person to battle against out on track oh the, f the favorite one battle on track um, I have to say, when I, uh, well, if I point out Sebring last year, Jordan Taylor was a great guy to, to fight on track, and I wish him best of luck on his new captain now. Um, who else? Well, I had Fernando here a couple of times in Daytona. We had a pretty good battle here. Uh, and the Penske guys, if you take Montoya, Elio, those, those guys are hard to beat as well. And... Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's racing, you know. They all they all pretty experienced and they know what they're doing. In terms of a career outside of racing, if you couldn't drive a race car, what would you be doing? I'll be a pro fisherman. Yeah. I'll be traveling the world, you know, being at the best spots, and uh, it's just something I have as a hobby, you know. I don't know if I could make a profession out of it, but <laughs> I would try. It's worth a shot. Yeah. All right, last question. If you could have any sponsor on your car because you would get their stuff for free, 
what would you choose? Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> there you go. Let's get working on that. Yeah. Thank you, Felipe. Send them the message. I'm waiting for a phone call. 24 hours a Daytona winner, AJ Allmendinger. Welcome back. You did one race last year. You joined a team. That team went on to win the championship. So you have to be very selective about who you choose to drive with. What is it about Shank that keeps you coming back to that team? Well, I mean, I feel like I inspired that championship, and that's how I took it. You know, it's about time. So, no, it's Shank's my brother. And, you know, I love the Rolex 24-hour race, the history behind it, having the best in the world show up to this one event and challenging yourself against them. But at the end of the day, this race, for me, will always be synonymous with Michael Shank. And I can't imagine ever doing it without him. And part of the more, I would say more the majority of the fun is doing the race with him. And there was times, I mean, heck, we had three or four years in a row where we thought we were going to win and it didn't happen. And I remember at one point he came to me and said, man, you deserve a Rolex, like, feel free to go with Chip because, or whoever, like, go, and I was like, you know, I said some words that I can't say to you, but I was like, get out of here, dude. I said, it's like ride or die, we're doing this together, so it was cool to finally get one, and we've been so close so many times since then and haven't gotten one, so it's just, he's one of my best friends, he's a brother to me, and like I said, it's, I just, can't imagine ever doing it without him. What a feeling to find a team that's that much of a home and then only get to come play once a year. Does that make it even more special? Yeah, I mean, it's just, believe me, I'd love to do more. And, you know, maybe one day it'll work out and the, the stars will align where we do this full time together. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's so cool to see where the team has gotten to. And we were just talking about how big it's grown. And now you got the IndyCar side of it with him full-time and uh nobody deserves success as much as Michael Shank and you know it's it's I laugh because I was actually just doing an interview and I had to remember that I actually have a different team name it's you know Heinrich Racing with Meyer Shank Racing I was like oh that's right so you know Jackie was a was a person that I met last year and and you know I love her passion for racing and and to be able to to bring new awareness to racing in a last year with Caterpillar and, and you know this year with with some new sponsors on the car so to have that combo is is a lot of fun but you know just to see where the team has grown to and and how many employees Shank has he was just telling me he's like I never thought it would even get this big so um, to do it once a year at, at such a historic race like the Rolex 24 is uh it makes it a lot of fun but there's a lot of pressure because I don't drive these cars, but once a year, these GT cars especially are are a challenge unlike anything that I've driven. So even though this will be year three, every time I drive it, I'm like, what am I doing in this thing? I feel lost. So um, I put a lot of pressure on myself because I want to be at my best for him. You only dust the helmet off once a year now. Uh, you've got quite the extravagant design on your helmet with flames coming off the front, a blue base on it. But what's the story of your helmet in looking the way that it does? Well, I've always had the flames on the front. That's That started since I was karting. So Corby Concepts, Michael Corby, he's done my helmets, I think, basically since maybe 98 or 99 since I was karting. Huh. Uh and that was always kind of the kind of the thing we did with the front of the helmet, so it kind of stuck. And you know, when you were in open wheel racing, your helmet 
you were, you were defined by the way your helmet looks. So it always had to be a specific way for me in open wheel. And then once you get to NASCAR and now in sports car racing, you don't see it anyway. So um, Arai, I've, same deal. I've worn Arai helmets, and they've been a sponsor of mine since 96. And they're so helpful when I when I need something. And I just look at it, you know, a helmet painter's an artist, obviously. So unless you have something specific that you really need, I just kind of tell him, man, this is go at it. Be an artist, and I know it's going to look good. That's pretty neat that you have that kind of trust with him, too. You've been racing for quite some time. What's the weirdest thing on a car setup that you like that co-drivers are normally like, wait, what are you doing? For a long time, I learned this in jam cars as a rookie. I put massive amounts of caster on the car. Like, it was my rookie season, like, I thought my my shoulders were ripping out of, out of like, off my body and my arms, basically. And I remember, I think after the season, Oriel Servia and Justin Wilson were testing the car. And they jumped in and was like, what the hell? They're like, we can't turn the steering wheel. What's wrong? They're like, uh AJ loves it, loves to feel a heavy steering wheel. And, yeah, they told me that was – I was an idiot for that. It made it the job a lot harder. So that was probably the the biggest thing that always stood out to me. And now it's funny because especially the role that I come in with this team, I just, like, I'll drive whatever. Like, I'll tell you what it feels like, but you know what? If, you know, Alvaro or, or you know, last year was Mario, I'm like, if they – they want something different. I'll figure it out. I'll drive whatever you want. So, uh, in my old age, I don't want that much caster anymore in my car. Although I, I used to. I, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Nate told me I'm a sissy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the best part was I used to always play pranks on on Justin Wilson mm-hmm. in testing. I'd get out of the car and you'd had the power steering switch and I'd shut it off, and he'd spend a half a lap trying to figure out why the power steering was out, and he. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so then he'd cuss at me. But then he started a thing in testing where he'd speed on pit road on his driver change time. Ooh. So I'd jump in, and I'd roll out, and they'd go, AJ, you got to do a drive through I'm like, for what? And he'd always get me back. So it's good stuff. That seems pretty fair. Yeah, I thought so. Race car drivers can remember every pass that they've made, if it was a good one. What's your best pass? Oh, my God. My best pass... I mean, two stand out to me because they were probably two of my biggest wins. The pass on McNish in 12 when we were banging doors, and uh, I'd gotten a little upset at him early, about three laps prior, because I got to the outside of him, and he did what he should have done. He drove me straight off the track. So we started banging, and so that passed because ultimately that was the pass for the win, Mm -hmm. even though it was still two hours to go. And then my win in the the Cup Series with Ambrose, the passes back and forth, that was – that one probably stands out me more because – when I passed McNish, we still had two hours to go, and, and Ambrose was with two laps to go. So those are those are the ones that really are, are fun to watch. And every now and then when I'm, I'm feeling sad about myself, I have to go back and watch them. That's why YouTube's a great thing, because yeah. you can always feel better about that. You've driven so many different kinds of race cars. You've won in so many different kinds of cars. What's one race car that you've never driven that you've always lusted over? Uh, well, I don't know now because there's so much to it, but like an LMP1 car at Le Mans, I mean, I mean, it's mind-blowing how fast those things are. I would never want to drive a GT car at Le Mans compared to those because they're, now they're quiet. Yes. But, I mean, I tried driving one on iRacing last couple of weeks, and I there's so many switches and 
boost, and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I don't know if I even want to drive one of those. It's I've hit wall, a lot of walls, so it's a little confusing for me. Um, that or the uh, Aussie supercar. Yeah. I mean, I used to ask Ambrose about it. Now, this was a while ago, so I'm sure they drive better. But he's like, tires are too small. They're hard as hell to drive. But, God, I love watching those races. And it's uh, – so I'd love to – to get a proper test in one of those. Although I don't know if I could shift left-handed. I do everything right-handed. Thank God it's sequential now because when yeah. it used to be H pattern when I'd run at uh at Surfers Paradise in in Champ Car and they'd have an Indy Car guy go try one, I'm like there's no way H pattern I could ever do that left-handed. You pick it up a lot quicker than you think you would, but it, it does still take a little <laughs> bit of getting used to. All right, last fun question for you. You get the magical ability to pick any sponsor in the world based off of something that you already use a lot of and you just want to get it for free. So who's going to be your new magical sponsor? Oh, my gosh. That is a... I mean, I would have to say Whole Foods just because my wife and I spend our whole paychecks there. So that's why it's called that. So uh, I'm not a Kroger driver anymore, so I can say that. But, yeah, it's uh, Whole Foods. If we could just get that for free... I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> well, you know, there is no value you can place on the watch. You've already got one of those. So maybe you already are a billionaire in that sense. Yeah. Good luck this year trying to make it, too. Thank you. And then uh, I'll still need all your help on names. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> all right. Roman DeAngelis, Canada. Roman DeAngelis, Canada. It's so good to have a Canadian driver in this series full-time driving an Aston Martin. Roman, how did all this come together? Somehow. Um... So I was teammates with Ian James um, last year at the 24 and the Heart of Racing. So I got a good relationship with him. And, you know, he did an amazing job to put the whole deal together with the Heart of Racing and Austin Martin. So I um, got a call late November asking if I was interested in racing next year, which, of course, yes, um, I was interested in racing. So um, waited a month and was sitting at school studying for exams and got the call. So, uh yeah, I mean, to be able to do a full season in weather tech is something that I've always dreamed about doing, even when I was a kid watching my dad race in Prototype Challenge. So, um, I, yeah, I guess it sells and clicked in. Just being able to do a Daytona last year was amazing for me, so now being able to do it again and doing a full season is just phenomenal with uh, Austin Martin and the Heart of Racing. So, good to be back. You know what it's like to share a car with Ian James, who, yes. in his own right, multi-time champion, Sebring uh, winner, Le Mans winner, yeah. just amazing stats you've got nikki team in the car with you for yeah. daytona and Aston martin with nikki team that's always going to be fast and then a full season with riberis yeah this is just such a cool yeah. team how have yeah. you guys been gelling yeah the last uh, the last hour have been eventful i've got uh i've got hit a couple times from nikki i've got some some good comments from other people but yeah i guess with being with ian was awesome um you know it feels like feels like you know a couple months ago that we were here again so um, good relationship with him, and it didn't take long to get comfortable with these guys. We all, I guess, uh, open our mouths quite a bit and talk a lot, so it's not uh, not too hard to gel. But yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a really fun season. You mentioned that you were in school when you got the call. Yeah. Where are you in school, and what are you studying? I'm at the University of Windsor for mechanical engineering. Nice. So uh, second job, I guess, yeah. um, racing in this. So it's somehow somehow all molds together. But yeah, makes it uh, makes it a bit more difficult uh, to manage both, but. I've made I passed one semester so far, so I got a, I got a couple more to go. We'll see how it, how it goes down. So, 
that's the good news that yeah. most of our races happen over the course of the summer. Yeah. So you, you get a little bit of time yeah. off to try and uh, collect your thoughts. But Alex is also trying to graduate. So have yeah. you been talking to him about trying to do classes and keeping up with homework? No, I didn't even I didn't meet Alex till today. So we haven't really oh, talked why? about uh, haven't really talked about school that much. But yeah, I guess uh, we're both in the same boat trying to pass here. But um, I got a couple years left. I got three years. I just started this semester. So um, passing is definitely a, definitely a good thing for me. So. If you weren't able to drive a race car, what would you do in life? What else, what other passions do you have? Yeah, I guess, it, I don't know. That's uh, that's something as a racing driver you don't really think about, what you would do outside of racing. I guess, uh, you know, one day everyone's career comes to an end. I hope I, hope I can race till I'm 150, but um, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I have something in engineering. I really enjoy that. Um, I guess I'd, I'd have to be doing something that involves automobiles or something with a motor and a couple wheels, but um yeah, I don't. I honestly couldn't tell you. I I have a passion for this, and I've I'm 18, and I think you know 11 or 10 years of my life have been centered around doing this. So um, it would be difficult to get out of it. But yeah, engineering is definitely a, a step back. Um, if I have a problem here, and I want to be able to do both also when I'm older, because the politics in motorsports makes it really difficult to do it in general. So uh, hopefully, I can stay lucky in both, and uh, yeah, can do that. So got a very good head on your shoulders young man and what? you uh you got keys to porsches last year because you yeah, won the championships there how have the street cars been for you yeah it's been i don't know how i don't know if i should say it on here but it's been great um very controlled yeah. follow all the rules yep. no speeding ever no speeding ever no it snows a lot at home i never yeah. drive in the snow no donuts no drifting no nope. absolutely of that none that's, of that that's nonsense yeah. yeah how else would an 18 year old drive a porsche right totally. so no, it's been good. I like it. It's uh, it's definitely uh, it gets it gets a lot of looks. I think uh, an 18 year old driving a Porsche is something that's a bit abnormal. But throw a hat on and no one notices anyways, and then you can do some some fun stuff. But yeah, I love it. It's awesome. You earned that from winning the championship not only in the U.S. but in Canada, yeah. dominant fashion. Yeah. Last year, the guy who did that was Zach Robichon, who came into yeah. him. So he had a very successful first season. Yeah. Have you been looking to him to try and see what he's done to figure out how to replicate it for yourself this year? Yeah, Zach does it all mentally. He's a calm guy. He just doesn't let anything phase him. And I learned that from just from being teammates with him. I got my got my butt kicked for a full season. Um, you know, buried myself in a dark room and tried to figure out what he was doing better than I did. Figured it out last year, and uh, now I gotta now I gotta match him match him what he did last year. So I don't know. I think I think I'll be okay. It's a new car, new team, new teammates. Um, Zach was in the same boat last year. He stayed with the, the Porsche brand, so I got a bit of a. Some more learning to do there, but yeah, it should be good. I think uh, I can learn from him. He's one of my best friends, so it's uh, it's good to have him as a mentor. So, what's the race on the calendar that you're looking forward to the most? You did Daytona last year, so I feel like that one a yeah. little bit of a cop out since you've already done it. New track? Yeah, Daytona's Daytona. I'm always you, you know everyone wants to win the watch. Everyone wants to drive at night and all the fireworks and everything. That's cool, but um, Detroit's almost a home race for me. Yeah. I live you know 30, 40 minutes from Belle Isle. Um, so sleeping in my own bed on a race weekend will be good. Maybe get some barbecues going and stuff like that at night. But um, that'll be fun. I love street tracks, like my favorite. So that's cool. Have a bunch of my friends and family come to that one. Um, Sebring, always my favorite track. Um, the 12 hours, something I've always wanted to do. So that and I th- honestly, those are the two that I'm really, really looking forward to. So. Well, good luck this year, Thank Roman. You. I'm sure we'll be talking to you a lot I on the podium. So. I hope so. That'll be good. Yeah. Wouldn't complain.
Nobody really knows how this Roar stuff works better than Trial Barbosa, and you've got the three Rolex watches to prove it because of all this time. First off, back with Mustang sampling, just under a different tent. How good does it feel to see your guys back again, though? No, it's it's awesome to um, to to be here again with uh, with the Mustang sampling. Uh, great support from Cadillac and the Mustang sampling to make uh, everything happen. Um, I was not ready to uh, to just hang my helmet just yet, you know. It's uh, but everything worked out really well. I think we have a great uh, opportunity here to do really well. Uh, definitely, there's going to be a challenge, uh, but uh, I am happy to be on car five. We're, we're happy to, that, that I don't have to share the car with midgets anymore, like <laughs> Brazilian guys. But it's uh, I'm happy that team is much younger now. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's just overall, it's it's really good. Um, a fresh start, for sure, of this new decade, like uh, they say. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's uh, I'm a challenge that I'm uh, really willing to take. So it's, uh, it's going to be fun. What was your best race of 2019? Um, I think we had some good, really good races, like the last Patiloma was a really good race. Um, Obviously, the win in Long Beach was an awesome race as well. But you know, it's it's hard it's hard to um, to pick one. But uh, it's I would say Road Atlanta. Even if we didn't come up with a win, was a very special race for many reasons. But uh, also because we had a real shot of winning that race, and it just came out a little bit short, and uh, that was a shame. What's the race that you want back? Would it be Petit? Um, I I would say Petit, yes, because it's been uh, slipping through our fingers in the last couple of years, and I'd like to finish the job there. But obviously, also, I uh, would love to uh, to get back on that top step of the podium and uh, Sebring again. And uh, obviously, Watkins Land for many reasons that I've won quite a few times there, and it'd be nice to win with Cadillac there again. What's the best pass that you have ever made? That's a hard... That's, yeah, but you're a race car driver. You remember uh, I, these. I know, but just, I've been racing for way too long to remember all of those, you know. like, You know, it's... Uh, there's so many. Like, I, I remember one, like, at the top of my head. I wasn't wasn't even here, but it was uh, racing in Europe with Martin Short and the Royal Center Racing that after a six-hour race, I overtook to win the GT class in, in the last lap after six hours uh, fighting with uh, Tommy Erdos in the in the Moslers back in the day and uh, that, that was a particularly good one that I still remember well but obviously there's there's been so many even here in the US that um, they come back in uh, Detroit from last to first in only uh, a few minutes to go to the end of the race was also very special and so during that race I overtook many many cars to get to the first place and it was also a, a particularly memorable one. What's one race car that you've always wanted to drive but never have? Apart Grave Digger. Uh, actually, the, the list came down. It's not on the list anymore because I was uh, I always wanted to drive one of those uh, diesel cars, P1s, and I was able to drive it just last year here in uh, in the Classic 24 with a Peugeot. So that was a pretty uh, special pretty special car to drive but you know i would i would love to drive a nascar in the street course you know like yeah i would love to do that uh 
a NASCAR in a street course. Uh, that I think that would be pretty eye-opening and pretty special. What's your favorite part of every race weekend? It all depends. It's, uh, it all depends. First, coming to Daytona, the special part is going under the tunnel and just coming out of the tunnel and see this massive place and so much history. And all, all the other weekends, you know, I'm just anxious to go on track. The track walk, it's always special. That's where you do the first contact with the with the track and the crew and the team, everybody's there the first day. So um, I would say like it's just like the, that first day and the first few laps in the car that gives you a really good sense on how the weekend is going to roll. Your helmet livery hasn't changed very much. It's it's been the same. Why is it that? Uh, why not? Yeah. Well, I like it. I, it's, I, I think I, I just kept it since the go-kart days um during the go-kart days i went back and forth a little bit but once i, I found a design i like i i just really stick it to it because i think it's uh yellow because i always liked yellow um and obviously the colors of uh, my country portugal the red and green but also because it, it stands out nowadays you look at the helmet you don't really know who who, who it is and um is it is it me? So it's a design that it's very visible inside the car, and um, you know, I just I, I just like it because it stands out. When you see this helmet, you know who, who it belongs to. So. Okay, if you can pick any company to sponsor you and your race car because you already use their product, what company would you choose? I was gonna say Mustang sampling. Yeah. I know, but I never use their product. Yes. But it's it's a completely different field, you know. But you know, it's um, they, they've been great sponsors, great friends. Uh, after all, Mustang sampling uh, deserves a lot of credit, um, a lot of credit to to make all this happen, to make all this possible. And they've been great partners uh, over the years with uh, Corvettes and the Cadillacs, and now with this new challenge. Uh, ahead of us and that uh, they are willing to put the effort in and just uh, move forward so definitely Mustang Sampling couldn't wish for a better sponsor. Perfect way to wrap it up thanks Bob. It's been a couple of seasons now since Lawson Aschenbach has been in the championship full year but you started it off with the bang the encore went pretty well your first time teamed up with Gar knowing that it was going to be full season campaign and uh, you guys had a pretty good run there didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a great, I guess, bonding experience for everybody. You know, you had Riley, which was a new team to us, um, switching into, even though it was a car that we knew, kind of understanding how their setup philosophy went. And then you end up going to a track that is, that is quite difficult, especially when you have the different types of temperature changes throughout the day, different type of track conditions. And so I think it was like a great way, it's a great event for us to try to all gel together because there's going to be so many moving pieces throughout the throughout the whole weekend and fortunately gar ran an ironman stint which was one of his goals of the weekend was to do a two and a half hour stint um and then you know with the way the strategy worked out and the cautions laid out we found ourselves kind of in the hunt there at the end and it worked out for us so i it couldn't have gone any better in the end but but i don't look at that as as uh, hey we did this we can relax it's more of hey, that was a great gelling period. Yes, we got a win, but we have a lot more work to do and a lot more stuff to accomplish. So coming into the roar here, we, uh, we're, we're you know, kind of full bore. 
Did you guys learn at least the most important rule in racing, which is how to win? Because that's not the easiest thing. A new team coming together, how much value did that add to what you and Gar built on last year? Well, I I think one of the biggest things about that whole weekend was was understanding that this was going to work. You know, that was a big change. And and we had a great run with Lone Star Racing. A.J. Peterson, that whole program, um, was, was a very capable team. And, and I obviously wish them the best, and I hope to work with them in the future. Mm-hmm. But, um, but moving to Riley was a big step, and it was a big jump, and it was a big difference. And you could tell right away that they were primed and ready to win. And so we came into a situation that had had a lot of success in the past, a lot of big wins. They had two great drivers in Ben and Jerome. And, and they, you know, I think, well, anybody coming into a program like that, it's kind of turnkey, right? So, so getting that first win out of the way, I think, proved to everybody that, hey, okay, this works. We know it's going to be really good. So now let's, you know, obviously get to work and, and work on this, the real part of the year, which is the season. But, uh, but I could have been happier with, with getting our first win together, too. You've worked with a lot of iconic strategists, engineers, people just on your side of the fence. What's it like working with Bill Riley, though? <laughs> It doesn't take any crap. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> but, um, you know, every every engineer has is different, yeah. you know, and, and I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of great people, as you mentioned. Um, you know, people from Pratt & Miller, people from Audi, uh, Acura, uh, and, and many others. And, and I think when it really gets down to it, a lot of the really good people are just very consistent. Mm-hmm. They're very knowledgeable. Um, nothing's a guess. Everything is, is a calculated change or a calculated difference. And they're very good at balancing what I say that the car is doing versus what they see in the data. Huh. And so when you do those two things and you can balance those together, that's when you start to understand a driver very well, I think. Hmm. And, and Bill and Tyler, who's, who's his other main guy there, um, I think they did a fantastic job right off the bat. We came and tested here, or yeah, tested here a couple weeks ago, and again, you just saw that that knowledge and that understanding of not only us now, but obviously they have a ton with the car, so it makes it easy for us. What's the biggest setup compromise that you and Gar have to put into the car? Something that you like that he doesn't, or something that he likes that you don't? That's a good question. You know, it's. I think last year we learned a little bit that he might want something that rotates a bit better at yeah. apex. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, I might attack the corners a little bit differently, use a little bit more trail break and so forth. But in the end, we're actually not that different. Hmm. And, and I think as Gar's development happens, and I think this is something we're going to see a lot of this year, is I think our, our driving styles will align a little bit better. Yeah. And, um, and he, knows, he knows that he's got a lot to learn. You know, this is big, like coming into a full season in IMSA, starting out at Daytona, going right into Sebring. I mean, not many people get that chance to do that. But, you know, I think he's, he's a well-established driver. I think he's a knowledgeable driver. Um, he's got a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of him getting used to the GT3 cars on all these tracks and, and just learning how to attack certain, th- certain parts of each track. Yeah. And, and he'll get there. So uh, I'm, I think he'll be just fine. And I think as a team, we're going we're gonna to work together just fine, too. Well, part of that comes from his background, the way that he attacks a corner because he's been driving the Trans Am cars yep. with bias ply tires and it's a different sidewall. So it, he's yep. learning how yep. to drive a different race car. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have you come from a tire or a, a car with a Trans Am car with no ABS, yeah. you know, as you said, bias ply tires, uh, big sidewalls, 
you know, a car that's going to move around a lot, not much aero. You jump from that to, okay, you know, heavy braking, big downforce, you know, a lot of acceleration, um, you know, high-speed cornering is going to be pretty mega here, like through the bus stop. Um, and so, yes, it's it's a very different beast. And, and you, you tell anybody to go from something like that to a GT3 car, it's not easy to do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are. It just takes time to get used to it. So, um, I think he's he's taken to it very well. And and again, I, you know, he knows he has a lot to learn. But but I think so far he's doing all the right things to get there. And uh, we'll see what happens. You've also got a guy in the car who you really can't teach anything to because at this stage he's been with Bill and he's been with the car for such a long time. Yeah. Sharing with Keating, that's got to be a little bit intimidating because he is the guy with that team like he is Riley's dude after all these years well I, I think it's it's really just exciting because you have a silver driver mm-hmm. or a bronze driver is he bronze, bronze. he's bronze sorry oh, okay. you, you have <laughs> you have a bronze driver who is incredibly fast mm-hmm. very good at Daytona yes. um, has a ton of experience works really hard out of the car too he's racing WEC as well so he's getting a lot of a lot of reps right now a lot of laps and so I don't think you can have a better third driver you know, as a true bronze am um, in our car. And, and I think his relationship with Bill goes way back, so I think that helps us. When he's giving feedback about the car, I think we're going to tr- gonna trust that. We're going to learn from him. Um, so, again, I, I don't think there's a better third driver. I, I think we're really happy with Ben. He always talks about the smells of Daytona at night, the ability to drive through the infield and the campfires, the barbecue. He can tell who's having a hot dog or a hamburger or ribs. Do you find the same thing when you're in the car? I definitely don't. No. <laughs> no. You know, in, I mean, I, I think nighttime is one of the cool things about Daytona. You have the Ferris wheel going around. you got lights everywhere. you got, you know, DP cars passing you, smoke throughout the infield. I mean, it's, there's so many things going on, but I think it's, it really kind of gives the, the atmosphere or really shows you what the atmosphere is really like. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of chaotic, yeah. you know. Um, there's some really dark sections of the track that you really can't see. There's some that are really well lit up. And so you're kind of like transitioning your eyes from like lightly, you know, great lit and, or great light and not much light. So for me, uh, no, I definitely don't smell anything. Um, my thing is really just being focused on what I'm doing and, and trying to go as fast as possible. You're very good at that, Lawson. We're glad you're back for the full season. Good luck this year. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Last year when we were talking to Alex Riberas at the Roar before the 24, there was a lot of excitement because new car, but a manufacturer you were familiar with, an Audi. Now you've switched manufacturers again. So you're doing the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona. You've done it Porsche, Audi, and now Aston Martin. It's got to be the most elegant car you've ever driven, though, the Aston Martin. It's so James Bond, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I'm so happy to be uh, here at the Roar for the for the Rolex 24 hours. I mean, it's during these days, it's like exactly the best place in the world to be. You don't want to be anywhere else than here. So it feels really good to be here, and especially with the heart of racing. You know, we, we had a very special time together back when we used to drive with Porsche. And um, I mean... It, it was very exciting back then, and I feel like now we just took over from from where we left, and uh, we are with renewed energies, lots of excitement, lots of uh, preparation, people with a lot of experience, and uh, ready to to take this massive challenge, which is IMSA, which is the, probably the most competitive uh, GT championship right now uh, in the world. So, um, very exciting stuff. 
There was zero surprise when they said Heart of Racing. I knew you were going to be in the car because you have been a part of this family for such a long time. Talk about picking Roman, though. What was it about him that you guys wanted him to be your co-driver? Well, um, of course, um, as as the Heart of Racing started uh, this uh, program, it was a lot of discussions. Uh, I, I always wanted to be part of, of the project as as you said, uh, for me, the heart of racing is my family, and I'm super happy to be a member of this family. Um, when it came to choosing my, my season-long partner, uh, Roman was a very easy choice for us. I feel like um, he delivered very well last year when, when the heart of racing raced in Daytona with Audi. Um, he was part of that program. He did very well. He has the right attitude. He's humble, hardworking. He's got the speed. He's got the talent. He's got the consistency. So uh, it was it was a very straight choice for us, and uh, we're very happy to have him for sure. Last year, there was a possibility of you racing on track against Mario, against Ian at the same time. This year, you've got Ian back in the car with you. How nice is it to be teamed up with him again? There's a huge smile on your face. Yeah, it was funny because last year, uh, with how things went, Ian was quicker than me in the race, and he had he, he did such a good job. And he he told me the entire year, like, oh well, you did not so bad, but you're still slower than me in Daytona. You know, yeah, maybe I can give you some tips. And and no, yeah, I was really looking forward to sharing the car with him again, and uh, hopefully I will be quicker this time around. But no, I mean, jokes aside, it's so so nice to be back with Ian. He always gives uh, a great input to any team. Yes, he's a great team leader, and obviously now he has a much more, uh, much bigger responsibility with with this project. And I wouldn't like to be with anyone else. It's still Don Kitch, though. It's still a lot of the same faces from before. Does it feel like maybe they just put everything on pause a few years ago and brought you all back? Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, the the entire project had uh, a few years of rest. Um, we obviously. Uh, we're very happy with Alex's job um, and we remember him uh, so much and he's still part of us somehow because we learned so much with him and it was such a special team and uh, we didn't want to go with anyone else so we decided to just build everything uh, with the crew that we had back then uh, try to get as many of the available people that we that we could get because some of them are obviously uh, committed to other programs but uh, yeah, we wanted to keep the family together and uh, kind of like honor Alex's job uh, in a way uh, with his new team and the, the heart of racing and Aston Martin racing and, and go for, uh, for a solid season. Have you driven the new car yet? No, I haven't. No? no to, tomorrow is going to be the first day, first day. New car smell. Yes, exactly. It wow. smells like brand new inside. And uh, I have to say it looks gorgeous. So I, I really cannot wait to drive it. Is it extra torture when you come to the track? You've never driven the car. You know that you will, but not today. You have to wait. Oh, yeah. Well, I was here yesterday already oh, no. uh, at the shop, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it, I wouldn't call it torture because, you know, yesterday it's the first day of the year and you get to go to a shop, see your new baby. It's right there getting ready, getting uh, all the pro- preparation, all the progress that uh, the guys have to go through uh, to get it ready to to test and you just see it all happening and you just get so excited so uh, for sure the build-up is very intense and I cannot wait to sit in the car. 
Roman was saying that his the race that he's most looking forward to is his home race, Belle Isle, because Windsor, where he lives, is just right there. What's the race you're looking forward to the most this year, though? I would say, I mean, the the Rolex. I just I I don't see. I, I don't see any further than the Rolex right now. Like, um, we have been working so hard to put this whole thing together to be to show up here at the Rolex and uh, have everything that we need to deliver, that that's where all my energy is. And I feel like after that, I'm just going to be looking only to Sebring and, and go race by race. But right now, I just, I mean, I'm thinking about Daytona all day long, 24-7. It's all you can think about. Yeah, exactly. I just breathe Daytona, eat Daytona, sleep Daytona. That's that's the the mood that I have right now. Also because the winter long, the winter break has been so long, and for me, finishing the season early last year, uh, it has been extra long. So um, yeah, I seriously cannot wait. So you already know what time it is, but you'd really like to have a watch so you can make sure that you're sure it's January. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. I, I definitely need a watch. You know, I, I bought this Fitbit thing that uh, tracks everything I do, and it looks great, but I could wear both, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, you have two wrists. I, exactly, yeah. yeah. Let's go get a watch. Well, the rain came, and day two of the Roar Before the 24, not yet complete. We still have night practice to go, as you can hear the LMP3 race just wrapping in the background right now, and then we get Qualifying, And as I promised earlier, we will hear from the pole sitters in tomorrow's show. I'll try and get all four of them for that a little bit of overtime in terms of talking with them. But in today's sessions, very clean by and large for the third practice session for our runners and riders at the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Mazda at the top of the charts once again, they're trying to go for what seems like a two-year sweep of that position. BMW was fastest in the practice session this morning, the unofficial test session, I should say. It was the 25 that won the Rolex a year ago. Lamborghini showed up this morning. They took the handcuffs off and went as fast as they could, which proved to be pretty darn quick, but it was an Acura that topped the charts. And in the LMP2, once again, Dragon Speed was in a league of their own, setting the pace about 1.7 seconds clear of anyone else. So, as I said, there's still a lot more to come. Tune in to tomorrow's show. But for now, I'm Shay Adam with Thems Radio. Thanks for listening. This program is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.